Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. Who's enjoying James? Yes, oh, okay, hallelujah. Well, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> James chapter 1, we are looking at verses 2, 3, and 4. At the moment, we are focusing on verses 2 and 3, and uh, we'll look more at verse 3 today. Let me begin by reading verses 2 and 3 to begin. Remember James following his one-word greeting? We said greetings. <laughs> he goes on to say in verse 2, he says, My brethren, and remember again that this is addressing both men and women, often rendered my brothers and sisters. He says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And he says, Knowing this, verse 3, you can't count it all joy unless you know this. He says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Now, I will not go through and do a recap, uh, <laughs> a review, I should say, um, because it's just too much territory to cover. What I will say is this, that one of the things that we looked at and that we really need to be established in is that God isn't behind our trials. Amen? Amen? If you think God's behind your trials, you're in big trouble because you can't turn to him for help. He's not going to work against himself to help you. Amen? Yeah, anyway, okay. I don't want to get on that soapbox today. Well, maybe later. It's still early. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and again, one of the things that I finished off with last week was to give you some insight as to what happens when these trials do come our way. And the reason why some Christians believe that God is sending them across our way, because of what actually happens as a result of them. I said to you before, and I want to reiterate this, that what God did in His infinite brilliance, I think God is smart, you know. I, <laughs> I think people sadly misunderstand God's intelligence and brilliance for something else. I look at God and I see a God who plans ahead. You know, I see a God who says, all right, just in case everything goes south. I, call, I called him the God of just in case. You know, he does that. He, he looks at every possible scenario. You know, when you say that God knows all, he doesn't know what you're going to do, but he will predict every move that you're going to make, how it's going to end. That's why you get a you know, witness in your spirit, either a caution or a green light to say either it's okay, what you're going to do is going to lead to a good result, or what you're going to do is going to lead to something really bad. And when you get a bad feeling, that's what it is. You are tapping in to God's foreknowledge of what's going to happen, not God's foreknowledge of what you're going to do. You can still change your mind. In fact, the Bible over and over again says, do the right thing. Change your mind. If you're going the wrong direction, go the other way. It doesn't look at you and say, well, you're on that track. I put you there. Tough. Amen? Now, I, I really need to, I want to bring this across because you will not understand and you will not get what James is saying unless you understand what I'm saying right now. Amen? To properly understand what is being brought out here, and I'm going to bring some things out to you today that I, I hope will toughen your faith. Amen. <laughs> okay? And I want to give you something that will clarify something, hopefully, as well. 
that, and that will help you with all of this. I've said here, uh, can I just read what I read to you last week as I concluded as a tie-in to today? Let me just do that and then I can flow into my notes. I've said here again, what's astounding and what most people don't understand is that God in his infinite wisdom designed us in such a way that every time the enemy attacked our faith, if we endured and fought back, that's 1 Timothy 6.12, okay, fight the good fight of faith, it would not only go through a purification and refining process like that of silver and gold, but also a tempering process like that of steel. Did you all get that? So it not only becomes refined, it becomes strong as well. All right, And rather than being destroyed, it would grow stronger and tougher. This is all provided that you know that God's on your side. Provided that you allow Him to help you and to develop this strength in you. If you turn around and walk away, and I'm going to show you some scripture in just a minute to, to, to show you what I'm actually talking about. If you turn and walk away, then you are going to miss out on something. And the devil is going to win. The devil is going to win. Okay, so I've said here again, rather than being destroyed, it would grow stronger and tougher than ever before and go on to produce and develop an additional quality called patience in our life. So listen to me, while faith comes by hearing, I want to clarify this now, okay? While faith comes by hearing God's word, okay, that's Romans ten seventeen. faith is strengthened and toughened by trials. Listen, that again come your way as a result of the fall, and a world and society corrupted by evil, sin, injustice, and wickedness. Can I get an amen? Okay, so you need to understand that we do live in a world that is messed up. All right? And so the things that come your way are not coming by God's hand. God has nothing to do with any of the things that come your way in this way. Okay? All right? Any trial that comes your way, that's not God. Now, God may ask you to do something, and you wimp out, that's different, <laughs> okay? That's, you might call that a trial, that's not a trial. That's just you wimping out, okay? You, family, you need to get this, because some people count things as trials that are not trials. I told you this before, if God asks you to do something, it's because He knows you can do it. And our response to that should be, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you think I can take that mountain, then obviously I can take that mountain. Let's go take it down. Hallelujah. If you think I can take those giants down, then obviously I can take those giants down. No matter how mean they look, okay? No matter how little I am and how big they are, it doesn't matter. See, that should be our response. Instead of going, oh, Lord, don't ask me to do that. See, now you're doing that to yourself. That's not, that's not a trial. Can, can I get a little amen on this? Are you getting what I'm saying here? Because it's so important you understand what trials are, what they're not. Because if the, if the water gets muddy, then you're going to throw everything in the same pot. And it's going to be <laughs> very difficult to kind of wade through that and come out the other side, okay? Because you won't know, is God on your side? Or is that, you know, you might be rebuking something and God's going, uh, can you stop rebuking me? <laughs> Amen. You know, it says, you know, it's only if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Amen. I won't tell you about Jonah. Anyway. <laughs> so, 
That's why the Apostle Paul says, let's go to this, in Romans 8.31, he says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, that is the first thing. The first thing you need to know is God is on your side. When you go into something like that, you need to know he's on your side. And, he's, and the Apostle Paul says it in such a way, he says, you know, let, let me just go back because I, I didn't want to really preach on this verse, but let me just preach on it for a minute. Notice he says, what then shall we say to these things? Oh, dear God, why? Is what most Christians say to these things. Did you hear what I said? Look at what he says. He says, what then shall we say to these things? And he says, by the way, if you don't know, because most of you don't, he says, if God is for us, who can come against us? It's a rhetorical question. We all know God is for us. Well, he'll, he'll go on to clarify that in a couple of verses down from there, which we will look at. In fact, let's go there. I, I remember, I already brought the scripture out to you uh, last time, but I want to take it a step further now. It is because he knew without a shadow of a doubt that God wasn't behind the trials he was facing that he goes in the same. Let's go to verse 35 now in Romans chapter 8. And I want to bring something out very significant in these verses regarding trials. He says in Romans 8.35, the first thing he begins with there, he says is, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Does this sound like trials to you? Yes is the right answer. I'll be like, I'm in Bible college. The right answer is yes. <laughs> okay? Take yes to this box. <laughs> All right. Listen, <laughs> I want to bring something out here. This is very important that you get this. I want you to notice why trials come. They don't come to give you faith. They come to separate you from the love of Christ. They come to get you to doubt God. How can a good God do stuff like this? Did you hear me? Notice the, the list. Tribulation. Distress. Persecution. When, when you're doing all the right things and things are coming at you. And you're thinking, God, this is the way people think wrongly. They don't fight the good fight of faith. They just start blaming God for everything. They say, God, how can you do this to me? I did everything right this week. Hey, you should be doing everything right every week. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, he, and notice it goes in to say, famine. I mean, geez, you know, if anything would drive you away from God, it's like, come on, God, at least you can put food on the table. Let alone nakedness. I wouldn't even go there. And peril or sword, this is things that are a danger to your life itself. Are you all with me? And the Apostle Paul says, listen, all of these things, can I just twist it around a little bit? He's saying all of these things come to do one thing, to separate you from the love of Christ. They're not there to make you a better Christian. They're, they're there to try and make you not a Christian, a backslider. I mean, every attack, every, every trial that comes against you is trying to separate you from God. 
get this now. And verse 36, it says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The devil thinks he can get away with this. And with most Christians, sad to say, he does. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but he does. They don't go on to verse 37. Verse 37 says, this is, this is your attitude toward trials. The nakedness, the peril, the famine, the yada, yada, yada. Okay, all of that stuff, this is your response. Yet in all of these things, we are what? Conquered over and over again. And we keep going to God and saying, why? Oh, why? It says, yet in all these things, every trial that comes across our path. We are more than conquerors. Watch through him who loved us. See, we can do this because we know it's not coming from him. Because he loves us. He's not this sadistic father that want to beat us and go, let's see if he still loves me today. Like he has nothing else to do with his time. Like he doesn't have angels worshiping him on the ground, cherubim, in the air, seraphim, worshiping him night and day. He needs to come and make your life a little miserable just for the heck of it. Seriously? What kind of twisted little mind comes up with that? One that's twisted by the devil. Amen? Who still like James? I like James. Okay. <laughs> Let me say this. It has always been God's desire to do good. Not to cause you problems, to do good. And why it's said in Acts 10.38. Turn there, please. Acts 10.38. I want you to remember this every time a trial comes your way. Not only Romans, but I want you to remember this. How God anointed Jesus. Who? God anointed Jesus. I want you to see that God anointed Jesus. Jesus wasn't working against God. He's like, God, I don't know about some of the things you do down here. I'm going to come against you. Bust a cap. No, <laughs> okay. No, man, listen. <laughs> yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> listen. <laughs> it was, God and Jesus worked hand in hand. Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see and hear my father, either doing or saying. He said, oh, you know, I'm not saying my own stuff. You know why? That was so important because it let us know that everything that he said and did was God. Everything was what the father wanted. He didn't do anything of himself. He showed us the father so perfectly that if you had any doubt about what the father was like, once you... Once you heard and saw what Jesus did, heard what he said and saw what he did, you would have no doubt as to what the father was like because they had no idea. They used to think, oh, maybe God's doing this. Maybe God's doing that. And he said, listen, it is the thief that has always come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything that has happened in the Old Testament, I'm letting you know, that's the drawing line. That's or the dividing line. He said, I have come, which means God, the father, has come. To give you life and life more abundantly. It has always been his will to do that. Oh, yeah. You want to know why we called it full life? Now you know. 
But I want you to notice how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power to go around causing havoc and making everybody's life miserable. Is what people think. Can I read you the verse? It says how God anointed Jesus. God actually anointed Jesus to do this. Get this now. He said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and with power who went about doing good. Did you hear the words doing good? Doing good. Not one time did he do bad. I'm going to say it again. Not one time did he put anybody through a test or a trial. Not one time. Not one person. And notice he goes on to say, and healed. Where was that? Yeah, okay. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I really like that. He says he was doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Not by God. Trying to teach him a lesson. He's over, oh, he, he was very clear that all oppression, any problem was coming from the devil. He said, who, and again, he said, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, just like God is with us. Do you get it? We, I'm sorry I'm yelling, but you know, you, <laughs> this is important. We get this. See, this is where spiritual toughness comes from. We are talking about being spiritually tough, not wieners, you know? Like just, we need to be tough, family. We need to be able to come against something and knowing that God is on our side. Knowing that Jesus went about, it was anointed by God, went about everywhere doing good. Notice the Holy Spirit in that, by the way. I have not missed that because Jesus said, don't leave your house before you have him. Pastor Verity is going to share on that, so I'm not going to take her thunder on that one, so I'm moving on from there. <laughs> okay. Come to that. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I want you to see something here. I, need, we, you know, I really need us to get this because I, I don't know what it is, family. I really don't know what it is. In the back of our mind, when things start going wrong, we tend to default. I think it's our sin nature from before. We tend to default to this, oh God, why are you doing this? It just sent, t tends to default to that. Without even thinking, we sort of kind of just go to that default position. And that's the reason why I'm, <laughs> as ready to put it, preaching my guts out up here, trying to get you to change your default position. Let's do it now before we get to heaven and kind of have to apologize to God. Did you hear what I said? I'm not going to apologize to him, <laughs> okay? I'm going to go there and say, I told them as much as I could, as loud as I could, as long as I could. If they didn't get it, it's not my fault, <laughs> okay? All right. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> Jesus himself brings this out. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, let's go there very quickly. I really want you to see something about the nature of God and, uh, you know, not to blame him for trials so that you can understand that he is actually on your side. And every time you need him, he is actually there. Listen out for him and look for his help. Look for his hand. Don't ever think you're by yourself in any of these things. He is with you. If, what shall we say to these things? From now on, God is on my side. Doesn't matter how badly I'm doing, handling the problem, God's still on my side. He's still cheering for me. 
<clears throat> Matthew chapter 7, verse, verse 11. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, by the way. He says, if you then, being evil or sinful, the New Living Translation says, know how to give good gifts to your children. Stop there. Even natural parents today know how to give good gifts to their kids. They're not going to do bad things, because if they do bad things, they go to jail. We put people like that away in prison. How come we think we let God, the same rules that we use to judge them that come from God, suddenly God's exempt from it? And he does the exact opposite? I don't think so. In fact, I know it's not true. That is dumb. See, if God ever did something against his word, then the devil will be able to call him a liar. And then it's up for grabs. Did you hear me? That's what 1 John 1, 9 is all about, that he is faithful and just. There's justice there that allows you to be forgiven and cleansed of all unrighteousness. There's a justice. The justice says the son paid the price with his life. An innocent life was taken so that all those who are guilty that trust in him will be made given that innocence. It's his righteousness, not our own, that are filthy rags. Amen? Back to this. All right. So I want you to notice, he says, if you then being evil or sinful know how to give good, good gifts to your children, I want you to see the next three words. How much more? How much more? Think about it. How much more? Are you hearing these words? I want these words to wake you up at night. I want you to hear the words, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Not trials and tribulations and problems. Amen? How much more does God want to bless you than a normal parent does? And so, you know, even if you have the best parent in the world, they still won't come anywhere close to what God is like. Hear me. If you look at somebody, here's, here's a little something. Hopefully it will help you. If you look at a situation, and I want you to imagine the best parent ever, okay? Just, I mean, the best, the one that uh, just encourages you. And even if you sing flat, they say how wonderful your voice is. And they can see your heart. And just find something, you know, good to say about it. Now that sort of parent, okay? Somebody that loves you to bits. Something comes away. I want you to ask yourself this one question. Would that parent send that thing my way? Answer is a big N-O. The next question you need to ask yourself is what will that parent do because this thing is coming my way? Ooh, I tell you, they will get on it and they will look to whoop its rear end until there was no rear end. I'm saying, <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, you get this now. I'm giving you gold here. That's how you approach these things. That's when you go to the devil. You really want to do this? You know I'm one of his kids, right? You all know that, right? Behold, what manner of love is this that we should be called the children of God? I mean, what manner of love is this? This is incredible. 
Do you really want to mess with this? You touch this and you are messing with the throne and everything that comes with it. I mean, there are angels that I tell you, you don't ever want to meet. They're on your side. And they will not just take the devil down, they will pummel him. Only if we stand like this. Only if we, we do as the Apostle Paul says, what shall we say to these things? And I'm going to say this, God is on my side. Do you really want to come against me? Because God's on my side. Get it? Oh, hallelujah. Added to this, James himself will go on to say, in James 1.17, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. I, I want you to see the nature of God in all of this. See, God isn't into giving you, it, it didn't say some good gifts and some perfect gifts, and then some that are not so great, you know, come from God. Because some days he gets up on the wrong side of his throne. I just want to fling something at you, see whether you still love him. Some dumb thing like that. He is a God who loves. He is a God who is love, who is light. And he's always looking to bless you. Amen? Amen. I've said here, God only wants. Well, uh, let, me, let me finish. Uh, James 1.17, we will look at, this in great, look at this in great detail when we get to it, okay? It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of light, light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. There is nothing that will suddenly go in another direction and do something else. There is no variation in this, no shadow of turning. You can always know as a fact that everything good and perfect is coming your way by His hand. Amen. All right. <clears throat> let, let me just, I, I'm, I've got this thought going in my head here for a minute. I, wa I should have dealt with this a little bit more. Remember when I said to you that faith comes by hearing, but faith is toughened by trials. Now, I, I, now that you know that God's not behind it, can I just give you sort of an, an, an uh, insight into that? You know, Faith doesn't come by trials because if you don't know about something, you won't stand for it. See, for example, you know, if I, if I didn't know, if I sort of came from the world or, or from a, a very, maybe if I came even from a religious background that thought, well, you know, and had this, this thinking that God doesn't really want to bless us. You know, God, the thing is, it's, you know, for my four and no more kind of mentality. And we just barely get along and that's a humble life. It's a stingy life, but, you know, okay, by the way, that's what it is. But, you know, because you're only believing for yourself. Anyway, back to... <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, I come to church, I come to full life. And I think, ah, oh, there's a weird people. Little black dude up there preaching, he yells a lot, spits on everybody. And anyway, anyway, let's see what he has to say today. And so, you know, I'm preaching on Philippians 4.19. But my God shall, shall, shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory, not according to your situation, not according to you. And, uh, you know, I preached for, on that for a little while. Oh, I'm giving you the really short version, okay? And so you think, whoa, I didn't know that. God wants to bless me. I get faith now to receive from God that blessing. 
Do you hear me? See, if I get attacked regarding that, before I know that, <laughs> I'm just going to go down like a you know, house of cards. There's no resistance whatsoever. But once I know it, now I've, I know something. Now the devil comes at me, and you know, I get a flat tire, the battery went flat. Things just go wrong. But, unlike before, I now know that God's not behind this, that God wants to prosper you, not take everything away from me. So now I stand against that because I know the word. So I receive faith for that, but now the trial has come and I stand on what I know. And guess what happens? It toughens that faith. Are you with me? I'm sorry I missed this before, but I, I want to show this to you so you understand the difference be, uh, you know, between faith comes by hearing and trials toughen it. Are you getting this? It, trials cannot toughen something you don't have. Because some people think, oh, God is doing this to, to give me faith. No, <laughs> sweetheart, you better have faith. Otherwise, you're just going down. Amen? All right, that's, I just want to share that with you very quickly as we move on so that we get these things clear in our heart and our mind. <clears throat> I've said here, God only wants the very best for us. And if we allow him, he will help us develop patience or spiritual toughness whenever the devil decides to attack us. In fact, Simon J. Kissimak in his commentary points out that the verb develop in the Greek actually conveys the meaning to work something out completely. Oh, did you get that? Okay, to work, develop means to work something out completely. All right? Which means that the patience or endurance that is produced and developed is not only complete, but absolutely perfect. Now, when I say perfect, I mean mature, okay? That it can take a beating. Doesn't have a glass jaw. <laughs> Y'all with me? Okay, I mean, the devil takes a swing. You know, some people go down before it even connects. Have you tried to help, you know, dress somebody's wound and they're yelling before you even touch it? And you're going, I haven't even started anything yet. He's going, I'm, I'm yelling in, in anticipation. Don't do stuff like that. You are more than a conqueror. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so that's the reason why, again, that James says, again, my brethren. Now listen, he says, count it all joy. I want you to hear this from a, from, from a place where you know all of this. Okay. He says, my brethren, get it. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience it's going to bring toughness you are going to know something about yourself you never knew before the way you trust god the way you look to him the way you don't blame him the way you take your fight to the devil the way you bloody his nose the way you use all the things that you have you know a lot of those weapons were rusty but boy, I tell you, this trial came and we took it out. We shined it up and we took him down. And they're nice and sharp and shiny again. <laughs> okay? And you think, whoa, I didn't know I had it in me. Yeah, that's, that's why the Apostle John says in 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Just let him out. Amen? Oh, I want to preach something on that, but... Again, I, wanted, I don't want to take away from what Pastor Reddy is going to minister. So I will not do it. I, I'm, I'm a good little pastor. 
According to the Spirit-filled Bible, this page is bringing you some, it's going to bring you some tremendous truths. Uh, according to the Spirit-filled Bible, this patience is a positive steadfastness that bravely endures. Did you hear that? A positive steadfastness. A positive steadfastness. Not a, oh my God, how long is this going to go for? That is not positive <laughs> in anybody's language. Do you hear what I'm saying? A positive steadfastness. Family, we need to be steadfast in a positive way. Please. You know, okay? I'd say for God's sake, okay? But, you know, li listen, he's done everything. We need a positive steadfastness. We know what a positive steadfastness is. I'm, not a, I'm never going to quit, devil, because I know I will fight the fight of faith and I will win because it's a good fight. Amen. The longer you keep me in the ring, the tougher I'll get. I won't, I won't go down. I'll just get tougher. Every round I'm getting tougher and tougher. How tough do you want to make me today? <laughs> because you know I won't let this toughness go to waste. I'll go find some devil, some problem somebody else is having, and I will beat them silly. Oh, well, you know, once you're there, once the sword is, sword is sharpened, let's go use it on something, shall we? Let's get a little bit more demon blood on this. <laughs> you know, okay? Where's the devil at? And then they're running from you. They're fleeing from you, okay? Hallelujah. So again, he says, this patience is a positive steadfastness that bravely endures. Hallelujah. That bravely endures. Trusting in God to help, aid, strengthen, and comfort in times of trouble. Did you get all of that? See, God isn't just going to say to, oh, okay, Charlie, you're on your own. <laughs> okay? I'm, way, I'm behind you. Yeah, way behind. Okay? It's never like that. Remember, he's in you. He's on your side. He's right there. You need some help. He'll whisper something into your ear. Just, you know, when, when you're weakening a little bit. Either some kind of strength will just come in on you called grace. I mean, it'll just come on you and just think, whoo, where'd that come from? <laughs> and the devil goes, oh, no. The tank went to full again. Where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, it's just about to go take him down and then look at this or her, okay? And suddenly you just got this. And God whispers a little something in your ear. You know, next time, you notice the way he ducks in that direction. Mind to cut him, you know, legs off on the other side. It's like, oh, yeah, God, I got it. See, he'll give you some strategy that you observe to do according to not just what's written, but what's told you. Hallelujah. He'll show you things, man. He will let you know how to attack a problem that the devil didn't figure on you doing. <laughs> okay? Remember, he's smarter than the devil. As much as the devil plans, he's, the, the Lord is still smarter. <sighs> okay. Oh, how much time was it? Okay. That'd be the one-minute mark. In his commentary, Arkent uh, Hughes further defines patience by saying, I really love this, J.H. Ropes renders this staying power. Martin, and I can't read his last name, Debilius, anyway, calls it heroic endurance. So staying power, heroic endurance, and the NEB translates this as fortitude. Hugh says that James is talking about toughness. The testing of your faith produces toughness. Did you get this? Hallelujah. It is this toughness that Hebrews 12, 
verses 1 and 2 talk about when it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I want you to remember this, that there are people up there watching you. How's Andrew going to do today? Let's not. <laughs> Andrew ducks and then, okay. <laughs> okay, need to work on that one. All right, let's. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I wa- remember something, family. You are not alone. You know, sometimes it's kind of good to know that there are people in the rafters. You know, you're on the field. There are people in the rafters that are cheering for you. Hey, man, you know, sometimes, you know, I see a, a lot of athletes, you know, they really get the crowd going to get them going. Have you all noticed that? You know, they start clapping or doing something because they realize something. They realize the people behind them, people cheering for them, does something for them. Can we also realize the same thing? Amen. It says, therefore, we also, the, the writer of Hebrews knew this, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. That's the word there. It's this word, endurance, the race that is set before us. Don't wimp out. Amen. And he says, watch this. Here's a key. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And why should we look to him? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Man, you think you got a problem. (laughs) You think you have to endure. You see what he endured. For nothing that he did wrong. Boy, that's endurance. When you do nothing wrong. And you are crucified in that horrible way. Notice he says, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of of the throne of God. I want you to notice this. He didn't care about anything. Regardless of who shamed him. And you know, they, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, when they crucified you, you didn't have any clothes on. It was the ultimate humiliation, the ultimate degradation. That's how they crucified you. Without anything. See, you need to understand that because for your sake, he was put in that condition so that you never have to be naked. You never have to lose. You never have to be degraded. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. Anyway, (laughs) okay? You need to walk after the Spirit, family, because that's where it's all at. And I have so run out of time. Um, Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. All right, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for everything that you are teaching us. And Lord, that we don't let you down for all that you did for us, that we learn to rise up, to know that you are on our side, and to never give up to develop this spiritual toughness that you desire for all of us to develop, Lord, because we are living in a fallen world. We thank you for your wisdom, for your guidance, 
and for your direction in our life. Whatever trials we face, that you are with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And we thank you for that. And we draw strength from that. And we will always win because of it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.